Hi, and welcome aboard to Everybody Ships Us. I'm Shelley Norfleet. I'm Bonnie Dolan. And we are best friends and roommates, and that's it. We know everybody not so secretly ships us, which gave us a brilliant idea. We decided to date for one hour each week right here in our living room and see where it leads. Because what is dating if not investing your time, your energy, and your heart into a relationship with your favorite person? Yeah, what is dating if not, I don't know, filming yourself crying for TikTok views? So let's do this. But we're not dating at all. Weren't we just comparing the fact that Brie got so many text messages while we were recording Mail with Jeremy and we got none? <laughs> I got so many. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we were supposed to lie to each other. We didn't lie at all. We, we dropped lie. that game real yeah. fast. <laughs> so fast. <laughs> we told nothing but the truth <laughs> and answered all of the questions, honestly. It's hard. We followed the new game. Yeah. <laughs> the new game was Jeremy's questions. Yeah. That's the new game. Uh, we'll, we'll find out our tells eventually. <laughs> eventually, we'll find out what our tells are. I feel like I just don't make eye contact when I lie, like a typical. Oh, yeah. You're just like, I don't want you to like, see uh, me lie you know, to you. Uh, I'm lying to you now. <laughs> When was the last time you lied? Today. <laughs> Did you lie today? I just lied. Really? I got no text messages. Oh! <laughs> wow, blew the lid wide open on this. When was the last time you lied? Did um, you lie today? I'm sure I did. When did I lie? Oh, you know what? I was going to pick up an Amazon package. Oh my God. The <laughs> Amazon package. <laughs> Dude, I lied so that hard today. That was like today. such an intricate lie. It was a really intricate lie, but it all worked out. Okay, good. Okay, let's go to the top of this. So I visit Kevin and Christina in Ohio in August. We've talked about that mm -hmm. on here. And we went wine tasting while we were there. And I bought three wines. And Christina was like, here, use these wine wings that my mom gave me. They're like bubble wrap shaped like wine bottles. Oh. And I put the wine in there and it's like sealable like twice over. So no wine is spilling out of that thing, even if it breaks. But it's also like protected so that it doesn't break. And she's like, these are great to travel with. And I was like, thank you. That's awesome. And so I travel with them, right? My wines are super safe. They wow. live in Ohio. So I'm thinking when they're giving me these wine wings to use, I'm assuming that they're giving me them, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like, I, I'd probably assume the same thing. Right, because if you're traveling with something, I wouldn't think to save that, to give it back to them because I don't know. It, but, yeah. You're traveling away from them. Especially without like being like, uh, I'll, I'll you borrow these or... Yes, and I'll pick them up the next time I'm yeah. in California. I just assumed they were mine now. And I didn't have any use for them really after that because I don't buy wine outside of state lines very often. Mm -hmm. So I was like, hey, mom, do you want these? She's like, sure, I'll, I'll take them. Like, I'm, I can imagine a situation where I would use them. I'm like, great. So Kevin and Christina are visiting California now. And we had planned to meet up. And I texted them yesterday and Christina was like, okay, we'll meet at this boba shop and at this time. And I was like, great. And she's like, oh, by the way, before I forget, um, can you bring the wine wings with you? Thank you. 
And I was like, fuck. (laughs) So what do I do? I go on Amazon. I'm like, I'm going to buy new wine wings and, and like lightly use them maybe just to make them look lightly used Mm. so that I can give them to him. Well, I, I buy a pack of four. They're really not expensive. This is a great advertisement for wine wings, by the way. (laughs) They're really good. This podcast is sponsored by wine wings, (laughs) wine wings. Um, when your wine's in the sky, Wing it. <laughs> Don't wing it. Don't tell a lie. Wine wing it. <laughs> so I I order them and I have them delivered to a locker in Irvine, an Amazon locker in Irvine, because that's where I'm teaching before I meet up with them. And I'm like, great, I'm going to teach. Then I'm going to get the wine wings and then I'm going to meet up with them and give them the wine wings as if they were their wine wings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So I order them and they're like, great, they'll be at the locker tomorrow. I'm like, that's so great. So I go teach my class and then I head over to the locker. Well, I tell the guy at the locker, which is a pharmacy, it's like a Japanese pharmacy. I'm talking to the guy and I'm like, hey, he's he's like, are you here for a prescription pickup? And I was like, Amazon pickup. And he's like, okay. He goes over to the thing and he's like, what's your name? And I said my name and he said, he said, okay, uh, did you get a code? And I was like, um, no. He's like, does it say delivered? And I was like, well, no, but I feel like, like sometimes they don't tell you it's delivered until like way after. So I just thought I'd come and check. And he's like, no, you need a code. And I was like, oh, okay. He's like, they'll, they'll give you a code. I was like, fine. So now I have two hours until I'm supposed to see Kevin and Christina (laughs) with the wine wings. Mm -hmm. So I call my mom and I'm like, mom, do you still have the wine wings? She's like, yeah, I think so. And I was like, because here's the situation I've gotten myself into. And she was like, this is so funny. Um, I'm going to look for them right now. So she looks for the wine wings. She finds the wine Mm -hmm. wings. So I go to her and I get the wine wings from her. And then Amazon emails and gives me the code. So then I go to the locker again to get my new wine wings. And now I have their wine wings and I have mine. So I am going to give the new ones to my mom. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to give Kevin and Christina's wine wings back to them. So then I arrive at our, the boba shop Mm. and I have the wine wings safely in my, in my bag. And I meet them and I'm like, hi, hi. Love them. Love seeing them. They don't even ask about the wine wings. I'm the one who brings it up and gives the back to them. And then we talk about how great wine wings are Mm -hmm. for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Again, this podcast is sponsored by wine wings. Uh, And now my mom's getting free wine wings. She's getting one extra one because they come in a pack of four. And I only had gotten three from them. She's gaining a wine wing. She came out on top. She's getting the most excellent product. (laughs) Wine wings. Wine wings. Only $20 for a pack of four. (laughs) When your wine's in the sky, don't wing it. Wine wing it. <laughs> so that was the last time I lied. <laughs> this is such an, like, it required <laughs> ordering from Amazon. <laughs> last minute ordering, so much driving, coordinating. <laughs> I literally could have said, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. 
I'll order you some new ones and I'll have them sent to your house. Totally could have done that. Yep. That's, eh, this is more fun. This is way more fun. Because <laughs> they don't even know. And then they're going to listen to this and be like, oh my God, what? <laughs> I love it because like they're some of like the most avid listeners of our podcast, yep. and and now they, they this is a little treat for them. <laughs> like oh my god, Bonnie, <laughs> stop! A little reward. I know it's just like I I also like felt kind of embarrassed because it was like you know when you you assume that something's a gift for you and then you like you get humbled, you know. <laughs> And it's like in front of people and you're like, oh, that was awkward. Like <laughs> I took up too much space well, and now I got to go back to my allotted space. <laughs> I mean, I do get that. I also feel like I'd be anxious because if it was a gift, if I had assumed it was a gift and then I re-gifted. Oh, right. <laughs> right. To them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I found this great product called Wine Wings to you. <laughs> Uh, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Those are our lives. Those are our lives. We just wanted to give a quick shout out to our Patreon subscribers, including Jane. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. It really means the world to us and it helps us make this podcast. If any of you out there are interested in being a Patreon subscriber, you can be one for at minimum $2 a month. And you can get some pretty sweet benefits like priority given to your questions for Mail with Jeremy. And I heard through the grapevine that there might be some pretty sweet Jeremy merch that you would have early access to. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. (laughs) So get on that at patreon.com slash everybody ships us. That's patreon.com slash everybody ships us. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. <laughs> what are you working on in therapy? <laughs> I have not been going to therapy. You haven't? <laughs> no, I haven't gone since my trip to Vegas with my mom. I had an appointment just before that. I believe, I believe. And then after I got back was like a lot of different things happening the same weekend. And we had something scheduled for the weekend and I was like, nah, (laughs) please no. Yeah. And then she didn't get back to me for a little bit and then she responded. I didn't get back to her. And then she just recently sent me another message and I haven't looked at it because now I feel guilty like I'm ghosting her. (laughs) So. And you kind of are. Yeah. No, I am. I am. But are you avoiding her? Because those are two different things. I think part of me is I have a hard time figuring out what to talk about in therapy. And then when I have things to talk about, then it feels like I'm just kind of listing things that happened. We don't really get time to like fully like feel out all of the things. So it it just feels like me kind of talking about my week, Mm -hmm. especially if something hard has happened in my week and then I've like moved past it. It's like weird bringing it up and talking about it and like, what it meant for me and everything because I've been a lot better at being a little bit more reflective or vocal with my friends about um, things that are happening. So it, it do, I, I don't bring it up in a way that uh, it, uh, indicates that I want to talk further about it. I just kind of matter of fact say like this happened 
and this is how I felt about it. And I'm, I did this uh, in response to that and blah, blah, blah. So I think that especially with, um, on, on my trip with my mom, there was, a, there was a couple of things that happened that I've talked to you and, and the neighbors about, and I know I probably should bring up to her, but I don't know if I, I don't feel like I want to revisit it or if I feel like I need to revisit it. Yeah. So. Cause you kind of, it's not like it's fixed, but you did address it and handle it. Yeah. And a, pretty healthy way to be honest yeah so yeah i don't know which one of those it is but if i don't talk about the things that i would have to talk about then i don't have things to talk about (laughs) does she what like what kind of follow-up questions does she ask you when you talk about like something that you feel like you've moved past so she try to dig into it or not it's been a while since we've like really dug into something and I just feel like I'm talking so much that I don't remember, like, I don't note the things that she says a lot mm. of the time, unless it's something that, like, I already know and she's reiterating. And then I'm like, okay, I'll think about that. But the past couple of times I've been in therapy, I found myself looking at the clock, finding out, like, trying to see how much time I have left in therapy. Yeah. And, like, when, like, spacing out, like, the things I should talk about or want to talk about or if I have nothing to talk about figuring out how I'm going to fill the remaining like 35 minutes of therapy yeah but I don't so I've I've been having really weird feelings about therapy because I I don't really feel like it's being super beneficial at this point but I also really like my therapist and I know that if I or I'm worried that if I like take a break for a while that I'm going to lose her as a therapist. So I've just yeah. been kind of going and going through the motions, but I don't feel like I'm getting a lot out of it. So that's why I've been kind of inconsistent with it. Have you told her that that's one of your worries about pausing? No. Cause I feel like she may be able to make sure that when you unpause, you two are matched up again. Mm. Like maybe telling her we'll have, benefits other than just like reassuring you but like also uh strategy benefits like on her end (laughs) if she needs to do specific things to make that happen probably because it it does sound like you could use a break from therapy and then come back to it yeah sounds like it probably i just also feel like I mean, I I know the benefits of regular therapy and I feel like maybe the reason I'm feeling this is because the past few times I've gone have been after a large break Mm -hmm. where it feels like there's either so much to fill her in on uh, because it's been literally like a month or I don't really have anything to fill her in on because it's been a month. So anything that happened that hasn't happened like the week of therapy, I what I don't really feel the need to bring it up. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise it's just like catching up with a with a licensed therapist, you know? Yeah. <laughs> catching her up on all the tea. Yeah. It's happening with all the people in your exactly. life that she knows about. It it's it just feels so weird because at some point it feels like like we're catching up over coffee or whatever, but that I'm not asking about her. Right. <laughs> and you're paying her. Yeah. <laughs> 
And I'm just like, oh my God, so this happened. And so I talked about it with her. And then, so that's all good. But then this thing happened. And she's just like, oh, uh-huh, really? Mm. <laughs> I know that felt like that in my last therapy session. It started to feel like I was like, this feels like too surfacy because I'm just talking about what happened rather than how I felt about what happened. And then I actually stopped myself. I was like, I need to talk about how I feel. And she was like, that'd be great. <laughs> I was like, all right, that's fair. Yeah, I feel like Ellie doesn't call me out very much. So when I'm just talking about like point, bullet points of what happened and she's not like, she's just listening and you know, she'll ask a couple of questions, but I wish she'd be like, all right, so that's what happened. Why are you, why did you bring them up in therapy? Yeah. Like, like why are we talking about it right now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and sadly, I feel like a lot of the time the, the uh, answer would be, cause I feel like I handled it well and I think you'd be proud of me. <laughs> but, if, but if you say that to her, maybe that'll open up a whole new avenue to talk about why that's important to you. No. Because I also do that. I just want her to. Give me a gold star and tell me I'm doing good. I know. <laughs> then I'm being healthy. <laughs> I feel like I should go back to therapy, though. I feel like as a... On a as, with? Which? Preposition. Preposition. <laughs> Do I want? I don't know what the rest of your sentence you're trying to make is. <sighs> That's true. You can't help me. I can't. As a whole or on the whole? <laughs> I depends on what the rest of the sentence is. Overall. On the whole. Okay. On the whole. I hate it now. <laughs> on the whole is the worst option. <laughs> I just feel like I'm getting angrier just in general. I feel like I spend a lot of my day feeling angry. Mm. And I don't know if it's um, a healthy anger because I've spent so much of my life trying not to feel anger. Right. And now I'm recognizing that anger is one of many emotions that I'm going to feel. So I'm trying to allow myself to feel it. Or if I'm just getting angry more, like because of something else that's, that I'm like not addressing. So I just find myself getting angry and I'm curious about it. Yeah. Not really trying to stop it, but it's also very new for me. Like yeah. feeling anger and letting myself feel anger and not just trying to be like, well, you know, so they cut you off. They Maybe they're having a bad day. Like, well, no, they fucking cut me off and that was dangerous and that could have harmed me and yes. I'm mad about it. Yeah, totally. What happens to the anger? Where does it go? I mean, sometimes it comes and it goes and I either get redirected with, something else or I try to redirect myself um, once I feel like I've sat with it long enough but sometimes it builds up and then I just kind of start having an angry day mm -hmm. where like this is this is sitting here and then if I'm like babysitting the girls and Frankie's not eating her dinner even though I cooked it for like an hour then that's like on top of this anger of getting cut off and then uh, if on the way home like uh, my car is making a weird noise that I'm going to have to eventually get fixed and pay for. And then like, that's like sitting on top of that. 
So it it kind of changes. Yeah. I feel like yesterday when I, I felt like I needed to cry at the end of the day, I had pretty normal day. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing super out of the ordinary happened. It was just kind of frustrating. And I just felt like I needed to cry to just like relieve some of the frustration. And I feel like it was because of different layers of anger that happened throughout my day that didn't go anywhere. Yeah, just storing it in your body. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, I guess, maybe one of my responses when I get really angry or when I have a lot of anger in me is I need to cry, but I guess I can't. (laughs) We really worked hard for you, though. (laughs) We tried to make it happen. It was very nice, everyone trying to make me cry. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you guys were doing it differently before I walked in. How How were Bailey and Brie helping you and Moby? I don't fully remember because, honestly, I came home poured myself a big glass of wine. As you should. (laughs) And then started chugging said wine. Mm -hmm. And then went over and they were trying to help. So I think they were were talking about different things that were sad. They were offering me movies to 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 watch. watch. Which ones? Well, first they suggested, or Brie suggested... God, it's on the tip of my tongue. It's a Disney movie. That makes animated? people cry. Animated Disney Coco? movie. Not Coco. Moby suggested Coco. I said that that was, a, it made me cry a little bit, but I didn't cry as hard as I've cried in some Disney movies. Yeah. It, uh, it was a Disney movie that, oh, Frozen 2. Oh, Frozen 2. Such a good movie. And Brie was talking about all the parts that make her cry. And I was like, I didn't cry at Frozen 2. What? Maybe I wasn't paying attention because I didn't know there was sad things that happened in Frozen 2. <laughs> They talk about depression. I don't know that that's sad, though. I think I was watching it with Frankie and Ruby. Uh So I was also kind of not fully paying attention because I was in nanny mode. And if they needed anything, I'd have to go do it. Yeah. So I didn't notice that there was a sad thing in there. So I was like, um, I didn't find that very sad. And then Bree's like, what about Inside Out when... Bing bong? Bing bong. (laughs) Didn't find that sad. I expected that. I also expected that. So I I just... eh. Yeah. And then I was talking about the movies that did make me cry. Big Hero 6 did make me cry. Yeah. Uh, Moana made me cry. Oh, that's that's nice. Because it came out like like, like a year after I lost my grandma. And there's a whole grandma... Like losing your grandma arc. That was going to make me cry. Yeah. And that's about where you came in. Oh, okay. Did we look at anything like Marley and Me? Or like, you know, some dog movies where the dog dies. No, but Moby did suggest My Girl. Okay, My Girl, yes. <laughs> also I, a great one. <laughs> that one traumatized me as a child. Yeah. I was, I think one of the first times I like even thought about the fact that kids could die <laughs> as a child. <laughs> That's rough. <laughs> so that made me face my own mortality. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that moment comes for all of us. I'm sorry. Uh, so it just it just was I I wasn't able to cry. I tried when I got in my room. I I watched some stuff, uh, and then this morning I woke up early and I turned on The Great North because I was I usually fall asleep to that, and I wanted to go back to sleep because I was awake at six and that's just dumb. That's so early, <laughs> especially for me. Like I don't yeah. I don't wake up at six, but it was an episode where. The dad was like singing about not having to grow up too soon, which is a song that like makes me cry. And then the same thing that would happen yesterday happened where I like 
start to go through the motions of crying. Like it, it comes up and then nothing happened. I was yeah. like, it's happening today too? God damn. Do you try looking in the mirror while you do it? No. Maybe do that. That always makes me cry more. <laughs> <laughs> looking in the mirror? When you're crying and then you look in the mirror and you're just like, I don't know why, but it amplifies it. Because wow. you're performing maybe for yourself a little <laughs> bit more. <laughs> I was thinking yesterday when I was like trying to cry in my car, I was like, I feel very like TikToker. You know how sometimes like they have, they're just filming themselves in their car crying. And I'm like, at what point were you either about to cry or in the middle of crying? And you're like, let me pull out my phone. Right. (laughs) There is a, there's a weird sort of like 30,000 foot view of that where (laughs) you watch yourself crying and then you're like this is part of content now yeah and then you perform it though you're also feeling it's very strange when does that decision happen yeah it's it I don't I don't fully I don't fully get it I I was trying when RM's new album Indigo came out uh, everybody stream it it's so good so good it's really good his title song Wildflower is just so emotional and <laughs> first take I heard it uh, I was in tears most of the day and at one point I was like this is ridiculous every time I hear this song I'm crying so I wanted to record myself crying as soon as I like turned on the thing I was like this doesn't feel like I'm authentically crying anymore yeah. like even though every time I hear spe- specific parts in the song tears stream and it happened on video too a couple times it just, it it didn't feel like it was me feeling the song. It felt like me trying to prove that I was crying every time. I don't know. It felt weird. Yeah. It was a little bit falser yeah. than it did when you weren't filming yourself. That's so interesting. But I guess, I mean, like there's, that can happen with anything. We're talking on mics right now. And so there's probably parts of this that are and false. And being filmed. And being filmed. So parts of this can tend to be false, but then you do tune it out and you, you know, have, we, we have real conversations and we really connect and everything. So maybe. Maybe, but I, it's like repetition, right? Because I feel like when we first added the cameras to it, I was so weirded out and I was like, I don't like that I feel like I'm being watched when I'm trying to be as authentic as possible. And then at a certain point, I I stopped noticing it because of the repetition of doing this over and over again. So it's like I've been able to drop into the authenticity again, even with cameras pointed at me, which is interesting because I feel like this goes a little bit more meta into podcasting, but like, I think because I have repetition in it, you have repetition in it, we're able to do that. But the guests that we bring on don't have repetition in Mm. it. And so I've often wondered to myself, like, it's good for the audience to see the guests speaking about it. So it's really good to be able to film that. But at the same time, is that preventing the guest from being as authentic as possible on this platform, which we like to get into the authenticity of it and what's like really real and underneath all of the things that we want other people to think about us, Mm. you know? I never really thought about that, especially because a good portion of the people that we have interviewed 
are actors or performers in some respect. So they might have uh, some experience being on a camera and tuning it out. So I've never noticed it. And when I've noticed that people aren't being as open right out at, out the gate, because I feel like we we tend to get somewhere deep in, yeah, with we every do. conversation that we've had. But I always assumed it was just being <laughs> interviewed for the first, I mean, not really interviewed, but. That might be a barrier too, yeah. you know? Like before we started this podcast, I was never interviewed. Yeah. And well, that's not true. I did one interview, one podcast before we made this mm. thing. And, but it, it, it was really stiff. And when we first started interviewing people, it was a little bit more like we had to prep a lot. Yeah. Now we don't prep at all. <laughs> <laughs> We're just like, come on in, let's chat. Um, so I feel like now if I were to be interviewed, I would be a lot more relaxed because I have this every week to do. Mm. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I think it would be interesting going forward just to like pay attention to that because we actually we've only had a couple guests since we started filming too. I also feel like there might be an element of the way that we hold the guests. Yes, because like you said, we used to prep a lot, so we'd have just this list of questions that we wanted to we wanted to ask, which required kind of some knowledge up front about them. So we would try to present the audience with what we know and what they should know going into these questions. And then we had these questions that like separated us from, from the people. And it wasn't an authentic, like flowing conversation every yes. time because we would c- want to come back and hit every question. And now that we've kind of dropped that, I feel like we can just connect and, and ask the questions that the conversation leads to. And we have a couple of ones that we want to hit, especially if we're talking to somebody who has like has done really interesting things with their career or ha- knows things that we don't know when we want to talk about it. But just like the same way that even when we don't plan our dates, we can still like have fun and we can hold each other and it, it, yeah. it still feels connected. I wonder if that's also helpful a a helpful difference from when we first started interviewing people. Totally. Yeah. We've grown a lot, which is great. And then maybe that like style, this new style or, or what we've developed into is one of the like things about being interviewed here in our living room that makes people feel more comfortable Mm. versus the filming of it and all of the architecture of like the recording equipment, all of that stuff maybe puts it into more of an uncomfortable thing, Mm -hmm. but the way that we're holding space maybe offsets it a little bit more. I hope. I hope so too. (laughs) This is all I guess you tell us, right? (laughs) Guests. (laughs) If you ever have been a guest on this podcast or ever will be, we should have like an exit interview. Oh my God, we should. like a little, and this is like a Google sheet. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so they don't have to be on mic. <laughs> a post-date interview, yeah. exit interview. How would you rate your experience? <laughs> I've seen people do that for like their exes and stuff and send it to them. It's pretty funny. I can't imagine doing that. <laughs> like oh in my a God. dating scenario. No, I never want to talk to them. <laughs> it's not true. I'm totally fine if they text me, but like I'm not going to text them. Most of my exes are married at this point or mm. almost married. 
There's only one, I think, that isn't married. So that's weird. That is weird. And I'm not even close. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> You're trying to eat a Taco Bell. I know. I'm, I'm acting a fool trying to eat a Taco Bell. For context, it's a fun metaphor we've made up. Um. <laughs> it works too well. Yeah. <laughs> we equate people with restaurants. And like, you could just browse the menu. Do you know what I mean? You mm-hmm. could just like visit the restaurant and browse the menu. Yeah. But, you, know, you could order something, then you could eat something. Exactly. I mean, listen, we go to a restaurant because we want to eat. Everybody's got to eat. Everybody's got to eat. Everybody deserves to eat. Everybody should eat, yeah. It's just where we're choosing to eat that I would like to look at um, because the most recent time you've tried to eat was at Taco Bell. Yeah. And, you know, Taco Bell's fine. It's convenient. In a pinch? Yeah. Want a chicken soft taco? Exactly. Anytime? (laughs) Anywhere? But you don't feel great after, you know? No, the next day is not so great. As great as it could have been had I gone to like Chipotle or even, you know, something local. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a small local business. Hole in the wall. Uh, and so like there's nothing wrong with Taco Bell. Uh, I've eaten at various, you know, fast food restaurants. Yes. Um, and if I'm being honest, I'm starting to lean towards just stopping at a just, fast food restaurant Just going quick. through the drive-thru. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just like real quick. It's been so long since I've had a meal. Yeah. I'll, t- I'll take anything at this point. Um, just saying. I'm tired of like looking on Yelp for, for a quality restaurant when I don't even like, I don't really know what I want. You know, I, I'm not sure what I'm hungry for. I'm not sure that I'm really willing to commit to a restaurant. Right. You don't want a loyalty card. No, I don't want a loyalty card. I just want to like go in, you know, the lobby and, and feel the atmosphere and, and, you know, talk to the employees and look at the menu and just see if there's anything that I want without having them try to sell me on it or try me, try to find something on the menu that I might like, but like not really feeling it. My issue is that on my commute to and from work, to and from class, to and from like wherever I'm going in my day, it's like all Taco Bells. <laughs> Everywhere I look, there's a Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. And I just want to eat somewhere better, but like all I'm finding are Taco Bells. Yeah. You know? I get that. And I'm try. I'm look. I- it's not like I'm, I'm not actively looking for somewhere to stop for food, but I'm hungry. Yeah. So I'm paying attention Mm -hmm. to what's around, you know? Yeah. I'm not seeking it, but I'm seeing it. I get it. I do. I just, because I know that you're not necessarily like hoping to just like get a quick meal and then not go to that restaurant again. I'm I'm worried that you're going to go to that restaurant and be like, well, this is a nice Taco Bell, though. <laughs> I could keep coming here. Taco Bell and pizza. <laughs> and like, if you're going to continue, you know, going to a restaurant, I'd at least like you to aim higher. It was all I was no, trying to No, and say. that's a fair point. And it's a fair point. And I have since put that into practice. Okay. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. not even looking at Taco Bell right now. 
I'm not looking. Yeah. And that's, and I love that. It's just, that's there's funny. also no restaurants. I know. You're in a real food desert. <laughs> talk about. <laughs> but you know what I've come to the conclusion of? Because I, I recently said yes to a date and then had to say no for various reasons. But I need somebody gayer. Mm. Like, not even gay. I just need somebody who's like in the fabric of the queer community. They can be a cis man. That's fine. But I just need somebody who like is around queer people and knows is immersed in the community yeah. because that's my community. And I really don't want to date outside that community. Yeah. I get that. I don't want to, I don't want to have to teach anyone anything. Yeah. I'm done with that. I really just want somebody. And I know that we, we live in Long Beach, you know, we're in a very gay area. Definitely. We're in a very, um, we got rainbow sidewalks, (laughs) literally rainbow sidewalks. Crosswalks, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Not yet with the rainbow. I sidewalks. lied. It's a rainbow crosswalk, not a rainbow sidewalk. I didn't see a tell. I lied. Oh my god. Yeah. Wow, you're so good at that. I'm super good at it, and that was intentional. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we, the people that we tend to interact with, even on like a professional or friendship level, are pretty much at our level of of knowledge when it comes to, you know, the queer culture or just like people in general. Yeah. And I have very little patience for people who aren't like having the conversations that we're having regularly or, or learning and unlearning the way that we are at the same rate that we are. Yeah. It can be in different places in that journey, but I, I really just need to be around people that are on the journey Yeah, at all. So I don't want to, I don't want to date. I don't wanna, I, I just don't want to date. I feel like. I know. That's also the thing is I don't want to do that. <laughs> I want to eat. But I, just, I do want to eat at a restaurant. <laughs> I really want to eat at a restaurant. I just don't want to uh, have a loyalty card. Yeah. But I'm not opposed to having a loyalty card. I just to a quality restaurant. Yeah. I just I don't want to really go to a bunch of different restaurants and find the right one. No. I know. I think we both need to be looking at eating at Benihana. Uh, yeah. That's really the apex achievement. And I think that's what we need to be aiming for. When we're aiming. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just like, ugh. Fucking made to order. <laughs> Hibachi, like there's a show. Yes, there's a whole, it's entertaining. Yeah. They're performing for you. Yeah. They're trying to get you constantly to to come back to Benny. I get the emails I get from Benny Hanna, <laughs> the real restaurant. Communicative. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I feel like I'm never going to get a Benny Hanna. I know. I don't know where to find them. I just feel like even like a restaurant that I've, I've eaten at that I liked and it, I would consider a good restaurant. I just feel like they, I don't know, they, they changed the cooks or something. It's just, it would just, after a certain point, you know, of being, going to a restaurant so many times, like there's, it's not going to be exactly, you're going to order the exact same thing and it's going to taste different. And that's really discouraging. Even if I find a good restaurant that I really like, whether it's me not liking the same dish that I 
liked every single time I ordered it before or them changing cooks or changing the recipe so it doesn't taste the same and it's not what I wanted, but it's kind of what I wanted. So I'm not going to, you know, say anything about it because like they gave me what I ordered. Yeah. But do you think, because I know that you've done that in the past, but I, but do you think you're the same person that you were when you did that? No, I'm not. But I also haven't, I haven't had a loyalty card yeah. at a restaurant for a very long time. So I haven't been a repeat customer. Yeah. And so I don't know, but I'm all, there's always a little part of me that's going to be worried that it's just it based off of the relationships that I saw. The, <laughs> the restaurants. The <laughs> Yes. The, the, the reviews. Uh-huh. All the people <laughs> post about their restaurants, the restaurants <laughs> they go to. I don't know how to make this part of the metaphor, but <laughs> drop it. It's fine. We've been saying metaphors for I a know, long for time. So long. We talk like this regularly. Yeah, for a long time. <laughs> so long. <laughs> but the, one of the things that makes me feel like I'm not really ready for a relationship, I've fully dropped the metaphor now, everybody. It's done. Relax. It's over. Is how much work I do internally before going to see my mom or after every time I see her and like really trying to adjust because I'm not satisfied with like our interactions every time we go. And then, and I'll talk to you about it. I'll talk to Ellie about it all. I will really try and fix things from my end Yeah, for the next time that we're together. And then I, I go and it does kind of fall back into the, the same pattern a pattern that I I have noticed feels very similar to when things were, were kind of bad in, in my relationship mm-hmm. where some things that I could consider my mom's sparkle would annoy me. Yeah. Like her trying to make a joke with the barista at Starbucks. The barista's not having it, but she's laughing at her own joke. And I just want that interaction to be done. Mm -hmm. And so I would be like, mom, stop, like, stop it. But she's having fun. No one's getting hurt. Like she's laughing at her own joke. She she thinks it's funny and it maybe was funny. It just was to the wrong audience. Yeah. But I find it annoying. I found it annoying. And that happened in my relationship too, where there were times like early on, I would think it was funny Mm -hmm. or I would think it, uh, his little quirks were charming. And then when things weren't great, like underlying the, the quirks weren't fun anymore mm-hmm. because our, we had a lot of unresolved shit. <laughs> and so it was hard to have fun even in the fun moments. And, and sometimes they'd be fun and sometimes I'd get annoyed. And just the fact that even though I am noticing this with my mom and trying to work on it and, and still finding myself annoyed. I've, I told myself multiple times during my trip with her, the most recent trip, like let her ha- have her fun. Like, even though I, I noticed it early on, it still kept happening. And, and I didn't try to correct her. I didn't try to adjust it to, to my, what I wanted it to be, but it's, it, but I wasn't having fun with her because I was, 
there was a lot of underlying stuff that was going on and I just couldn't find joy in the moments that she was finding joy. Yeah. And so I'm worried that because that happens even now, even with all the work that I've done, that it could happen again with somebody else that I love. Yeah. And I, I totally understand that because that's happening currently. So you're like, if this is happening currently, it can happen currently in another relationship. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like maybe, I mean, there there are things that are different about your past relationship as to why that happened versus what's happening now with your mom, because you are acting differently. You are actively trying to have conversations about those underlying things that are bothering you in order to get back to an equilibrium. Like you're not afraid of having those conversations, or at least you are willing to move through that fear to have the conversation that will repair. Mm. And I think you don't have enough time with your mom on a regular basis to see the other side of that reparation. Reparation? Repair? Is that the noun form of to oh repair God. or is it just repair? Are, wait, are reparations just... Repairing? Repairing? Whoa. Whoa. But it's, there's no I in it, which threw it off. They're not reparations. Reparations. <laughs> Interesting. Anyway, <laughs> I think the pattern feels like it's repeating because you don't have any time after that to enjoy how it will write itself mm. after you have or after you put your therapy into practice and ch- talk about the underlying issues. Then you go away again. And then you come back and then it feels like it's the same part of the pattern. But I don't know that it is. I hope it's not. That's my theory. Yeah. I mean, that's a good theory. And I I know there's, I'm not giving myself enough credit because I'm doing a lot of the work. Yeah. And so it also is hard to enjoy the moments when not only am I trying to you know, just either swallow the, the underlying stuff and, and and try to enjoy them or I'm like trying to talk about them and they're, it's not being reciprocated. I, I'm not giving myself enough credit because I think it, it's, it's harder to, to not fall into those same patterns when the other person is falling into their same patterns as totally. well. Totally. Yep. Absolutely. However... <laughs> whoever I end up with is going to have their own things. And they're like, this. it's like a whole other person yeah. that reacts to things in ways I won't expect maybe. And I, it's just so much unknown. Totally. I get that. <laughs> if I had like a perfect or not even a perfect person, but somebody else who is in therapy and talks to their friends and really thinks things through. And when they aren't a perfect person, because no one's ever a perfect person, like they, they don't try to project that and they don't try to internalize that. That'd be great. That'd be great. <laughs> I could find somebody like that. I just am worried that that person doesn't exist because I'm not even that person. You're not, but honestly, I'd pick you though out of a, a, 
almost everybody I know to like be in a long-term thing with. And the reason why I'd pick you is because you're working on it Mm -hmm. because we can't ask perfection out of anybody, especially us, but we can ask for somebody to do the work. Mm. And I like any day would pick somebody who's doing the work. In fact, I think I would pick people who are doing the work over somebody who's perfect. Like I've often felt like somebody who's in recovery, like an addict who's in recovery, I feel like would be a good partner for me. Mm. I don't uh, like, I'm not seeking that. I'm just saying like, because they're actively trying, they're actively making amends as often as they can. They're doing those, the internal work and keeping themselves honest on a level that those of us without addiction issues don't really do. Mm -hmm. And so I, I almost feel more attracted to that because they're just so introspective yeah, about how they move through the world. Yeah. I think that just generally reflection is very, very important. I think it's super attractive, very attractive. Justin Baldoni. Oh my God. Anytime, any place, sir. It's so interesting finding people who are just being emotionally vulnerable. Yes. And like talking about their, their failings as a, as a human and their successes as a human and what they really want to work on and what they're learning, what they're unlearning. It's so interesting hearing all of that and taking it in as another human and then getting really turned on by it. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. so confusing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I always have to check myself. I'm like, am I trying to fix them? And I think I'm getting better at that. It used to be like, I want them to need me mm. so they can be a mess and I can be great and that will keep them interested in me. But now it's like, oh, we're both fucking messes, but we're working <laughs> on it. I fucking love that. <laughs> My therapist says that I should be working on volunteering information about myself in conversations or asking people to reciprocate uh, just like follow-up questions. I love talking about you, but I think we've been talking about you a lot today. Yes. So I would love if you would ask me a question about myself and I can answer it. Excellent. (laughs) Trying to do therapy. (laughs) Doing um, therapy. Doing you don't therapy. have to talk about therapy. You can, no, you yeah, to, no, yeah. yeah. But you can. It's fine. But now I really want to... I want to find a good question. Oh, I love it. You can take your time. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a candy break and I'm going to... Okay. Oh my God, there's so much candy next to you. Do you want a candy? Yeah. Which one? The candy cane. <laughs> Wait, no, the hot cocoa because I, I haven't tried it you yet. You tried I, it? Because I love the candy canes. Mm. Um, did you know there's a marshmallow <laughs> in the center of this? We're carrying jokes from Mail with Jeremy <laughs> to here. It's so funny. I feel like this will be released before Mail with Jeremy, <laughs> so y'all won't know the, the lead up to that joke. <laughs> mm. Oh my God, there's a marshmallow in here. <laughs> there's actually a marshmallow. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. I really like this one. Oh my God. I don't know why we're eating regular Hershey's Kisses ever. 
Who likes regular milk chocolate Hershey's Kisses? They're fine if there's nothing else. They're very much like Werther's Originals. <laughs> They're fine. If you wanted, like, if there's no other candy available and that is candy, I'll eat it. I mean, Werther's Original Slap. For me, this is an unequal comparison. Dang. <laughs> I did not know this. <laughs> Because they start hard and they end chewy. Mm. You get all the range of caramel. Caramel. Mm. I second guess every time I say that word now because I don't know who I'm talking to and the way that they pronounce caramel. I say caramel. Three syllables with a car. Caramel. Every time you say? Every time. Wow. Hmm. Caramel. I think that I change it based off of the rest of my sentence. I say caramel apple, but I would say caramel brulee latte. Oh. So it's like a pecan, pecan situation for you. kind of. I love it. You've been making eye contact with me, like deep eye contact with me. Because I'm trying to figure out if I want a deep 36 questions that lead to love question. Mm -hmm. Or if I want to ask like a cash question. Oh, I'll take either one. Sorry, that didn't narrow anything down for you but you can do no wrong I guess is what I'm trying to communicate I just want to know what your favorite things are oh what's your favorite smell my favorite smell oh I love so many smells I love gasoline really yeah I really love gasoline Going to the gas station is, like, fun for me. <laughs> so weird. I know. I know it's weird, and I love it. It's such a dangerous thing to, like, I up. know. <laughs> do you like it, or do you not like it? I don't really I like it. I know I'm talking about you, but, like, <laughs> do you want to know that? You don't yeah, really like not it. Not a fan. All right. So I'm alone. It's fine. <laughs> um... I love the smell of rain. Mm. That's kind of a basic answer, but I do really like that. Eucalyptus. Mm. Bergamot Mm. is one of my favorite smells. I think that I really love bergamot because it smells like my friend Julie Honeycutt because she uses bergamot in a lot of her, like the candles that she has around her house. Oh, yeah. Uh, and different things like that. It It's always bergamot based. I don't know why. Um, and so I've kind of like connected bergamot with Julie and Julie always makes me feel like safe and also creative and also like warm and homey. I do have more questions. Oh, okay. It wasn't like just the smell just question. The sm- okay. Well, check. <laughs> Next. Favorite sound. Favorite sound. Okay. One of my favorite sounds is when you empty the trash on your Mac computer. (laughs) It's so satisfying. That sound. I always turn up my volume before I empty my trash. (laughs) So I love that. (laughs) (laughs) This is a serious answer. Turn up the volume before you empty your trash on your computer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I can like hear it more. (laughs) It's not something I knew about you. (laughs) I really think that's adorable. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, that's one of my faves. Um, 
I love, okay, this is like a sound and feeling. It's sort of tied to ASMR because I can feel it on my own head when I hear it and it's really comforting. But the sound of hair being brushed. You really love getting your hair brushed. I love getting my hair brushed. And brushing your hair and getting the knots out of your hair. Wow. This it's is like a so whole nice. thing for you. It's so nice. It feels, I don't know, calming and relaxing and like tingly. I feel like I'm describing ASMR. <laughs> like my reaction to that is that. Like it, it's so nice. I can't, it's just calming. That's really nice. <laughs> I'm glad that you like that. It's just it's such a, it's something I never would have thought is like, an enjoyable experience yeah and and is an experience and not just a thing that you have to do yeah I don't I don't know I don't know why it feels good and then when I hear it I can imagine it and feel it like the ghost of it on my head Uh so then it's like I still get maybe 40 percent of the benefits of just hearing it you know This is so interesting. (laughs) And such a weird jump to my next question. What's your next question? (laughs) What is your least favorite thing about yourself? Ooh. Oh, that's such a good question. My least favorite thing about myself. Oh, gosh. Yeah. There's a good number of them. First of all, let's just say that. There's a good number of them. Don't love that, but we're human, <laughs> so I understand. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that I really struggle with about myself is um, my relationship to my body, I think, is what I'm feeling right now. Mm. One of the things that I wish was different, like... I, I slash you, you're five years younger than me. So I don't know where we are in the timeline of you growing up versus me growing up. But when I was growing up, what I saw as the ideal beauty standard was like Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie. Mm -hmm. And I'm not taking away that that standard was impossible for even them to achieve. So it hurts everyone. Yeah. But um, I have never looked like that. I've always, in even small, minute ways, been curvier than that. I wish that I didn't still look in the mirror as I pass by to make sure that I am the thinnest I can possibly be. Mm-hmm. My relationship with my body was way better when I was doing acro because I felt strong and grounded. And I felt really connected to what my body was for, like what it was, what I was using it for and how I was moving. And that felt purposeful and it felt better to me. Yeah. But this internalized fat phobia that I have where, you know, we're all unlearning all of this and like logically and in my heart, I don't believe fat equals bad. I don't believe that. But I have so much of my childhood training saying it is. Yeah. So it's really hard sometimes for me to not equate that 
in my own body. Because I can look at other people's and say, you look amazing no matter what. Literally in all forms of your body, you look amazing. And I mean it. But for some reason, I don't hold myself to the same standard. Well, it's it's also not just what you learned growing up as a child, even though I think we are having more conversations about this as a society and the whole body positivity movement that started and then kind of shifted. Yeah. But it's still being talked about. That is all happening at the same time as the same beauty industry still trying to tell us what is beautiful and in their own standards. And they have made some adjustments, but it's still unattainable. Totally. For anyone. And and it's it's almost sneakier now. And it's not just, you know, fashion models and actresses. It's like every aspect they're trying to sell you what they think that beauty is yeah if you don't fit in that category try yeah exactly so it is still happening and I I think sometimes I feel like which I often I often do this to myself but I tell myself that I'm really not allowed to talk about that because I'm much closer to privilege in this area I mean I do have privilege in this area um but I'm much closer to the ideal body type than a lot of other people mm-hmm. and you. Mm-hmm. And so often I feel like I really shouldn't be talking about this because I have a lot more privilege than other people. But it's still harmful. It's harmful to everyone. Yeah. And I have to start making space for myself, even though I'm constantly aware of like how much privilege I have versus the other people in the room. And I use that to tell myself to shut up. <laughs> It's not like, you know, a mental check. It's a it's a mental shut the fuck up to me. <laughs> I mean, this is gonna this is good. Is it gonna take us down a rabbit hole? It's I don't think it's gonna take us down a rabbit hole. It's just I don't I wanna preface it and I don't know how to preface it. Okay. But your best friend. Yes. AKA me. Yes, that's you. Also Minnie, but Minnie's yeah, a yeah, dog. And yes. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping that she's not touched by these kind of standards. I hope so. Because um, she's perfect. She's perfect. But I am um, mixed race. I am, I don't, uh, I'm not cis. Mm-hmm. I am in a curvier body and I have all of these things. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you know, you are currently cis white and (laughs) a little bit closer to the beauty standard and in all of those respects there are are things that you like would want to talk about and 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 have your own feelings about and I can see how it'd be hard to bring them up to me yeah sometimes it is but it's not because of how you act it's just because of society I guess yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, or I, me listening I, to the categories of people instead of listening to the human being in front of me. Well, I mean, I I can see how that's difficult even outside of the what society is telling you you shouldn't do and who you should be having these conversations with. Like yeah. I think that that would be hard for me. It's hard for me to talk about things that 
I have privilege about, but still have a hard time dealing with to people who potentially have less privilege in that respect than I do. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's why I don't feel like I can talk about my place in the black community with a full black person Mm -hmm. because I have lighter skin. So I have more privilege in general and I have a lot of feelings about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know that, that that they are where my feelings should land. Yeah. That is what I'm struggling with. Yeah. So I, I don't know that I have a remedy for that because you're going to have your own feelings about it, but I, I do. I'm happy to talk to you about, about these things because I don't want you to just internally sit with how you're feeling about your, your own body and, and letting that maybe snowball or trying to work on it without really talking it out. Um, I mean, I do the same thing. It's, it's, it's also kind of this general shame to talk about how you feel about your body. Yeah. Which is dumb. (laughs) Well, it's, it's hard because it gets tricky too, because I don't, like I'm I'm labeling it as internalized fat phobia because that is what it is, but I don't want it. Like yeah. I, I don't want any of it, but in order to acknowledge that that's how I'm feeling, I have to acknowledge the, the my brain is saying to be fat is to be bad mm-hmm. or worth less than if you were skinny. And I... I see a lot of discourse online that is frustrated with people in skinnier bodies like mine talking about that at all because it just feels tricky. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I don't want to feel like this. I don't want it. I I also don't want to tell you that it's like a hundred percent fine. It's never going to affect me because I mean, it does sometimes affect me when my thinner friends talk about how like they don't feel good with the way that they look and I and this is something that fucking was on the internet somewhere that has stuck with me and it's just like for the 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 fatter friend in the group it really hurts knowing that a lot of your friend's worst like image fear would be to look like you yeah and so it it does sometimes play on me or play on my mind. Like we all have our own journeys with our bodies. And also they would really hate to have my body. Mm-hmm. But I think it's because we don't have conversations about it where like it's, it's more than just that. And it's, it's not just me specifically. It's, it's not just my body specifically. It's, it's, Anything outside of what we're supposed to supposed to have, yeah, is is bad, and and because we don't we don't talk about like our relationships with food or our relationships with what we see in the mirror, um, it's all just assuming for for the other person, yeah, where we're at, and so I feel like I mean maybe if we just tried to talk about it more. Mm-hmm. It would be better. Yeah. But even hearing you say that and the fact that that has stuck with you makes me never want to bring this up again because I don't ever want you to f- feel that. So when we're talking about it, 
Mm. That is my, my worst fear is to make you feel like shit. That's my worst fear. <laughs> it's just so tough because there's no easy solution. Yeah. Because this is just a fucking shitty thing that we're all experiencing. I also have a lot of, I feel a lot of privilege because I'm not technically plus, plus sized. I don't fit straight sizes. I might be what they call a midsize, but there's a lot of discourse about what, like who can be called midsize. And so I don't have a place to put it either. Mm-hmm. And so it's just really frustrating that neither of us have a place to put it. And I think a lot of other pl- people don't have a place to put it. So we just keep it. Yeah. And we shouldn't. I know that we shouldn't. I just don't, I don't know. I don't know how to, I want to talk about it with you. It's not something that I like think all the time. And then <laughs> no, I'm like, not. I'm hiding this from Shelley. Like, that's not what it is. It's just that. Every time I would feel like maybe I would want to, I'm like, I probably shouldn't, you know, Mm -hmm. I probably shouldn't Um, because it's complicated and I don't want you to receive it in a way that's going to be personally damaging, I guess. Not that I would be intending to do that. It just could happen because of the nature of the conversation. I mean, it could happen, but it also, it just kind of happens in my brain. Like, I think about this stuff a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, more than I'd like to say, especially because I'm really working on body neutrality and and doing lots of things that I really enjoy doing. And and my body does not play a factor in, in it at all. Yeah. And it does and it doesn't. And so I it's it's always on my brain, but I feel like even just having this conversation, knowing that, and though I know it, but like hearing that you, you don't talk to me about this stuff because you don't want to hurt me and not in a, like, you're going to say some shit that's offensive. <laughs> right. <laughs> but because you, you have been considering me every time you've wanted to talk about it. Yeah. I feel like that's, that's kind of where I was coming from. Of If we talk about it more, maybe it will be easier to talk about. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's harder for you to hurt me knowing, like talking about how you don't want to hurt me and knowing that we've even just had this one conversation and knowing that when you feel this way about your body, you don't want to share it with me because you don't want to hurt me. I don't know. I I feel like that that's useful information that is going to also play on my mind. Okay. If we ever try to talk about this again. Yeah. (laughs) No, we should. I, we should. I just. It's so complicated. It's so complicated. And I I don't, I just want to be aware of, I don't know. (laughs) I know. I I do, I I would like to invite you to let go of the reins a little bit. (laughs) A little bit with me. But I love control. (laughs) (laughs) I love being able to predict our relationship <laughs> so that I can feel safe. Yes. Mm, quite. I don't know. Uh, it's so, so complicated. And it wasn't even my last question. Give me your last question. What is your favorite thing about yourself? Oh, that's a good one to end on. That's better. <laughs> 
My favorite thing is my relationship with my body. <laughs> Everything is fixed. <laughs> Giant, big, red bow. Um, my favorite thing about myself, I think, is one that people underestimate and don't see. Because I think... I'll say what it is in a second. I feel like when I feel people don't really see me... I think it's because they're looking at how I make them feel mm. and not who I am. And I think that something that makes me feel like who I am is how my brain works and the fact that I'm smart. And that means a lot of different things to me. It doesn't mean IQ or whatever. It just means that I'm thoughtful about things and I like learning things and I can compute different things. And a, a lot of, um, when people talk about things that I don't understand or I'm not familiar with, I can catch on pretty quickly. Mm. That's, I think, one of my favorite things about myself that I feel like people underestimate because they're not looking for that from me. What? That, it just made me really happy when you you weren't looking but when you said you know that you're smart that's huge smile across my face because <laughs> I I think you're like one of the smartest people I know thank you and you're smart in so many different realms and that's like it's not rare rare but it like you're not you don't gather your knowledge and then you're done. You mm -hmm. continue growing in every realm that you're already smart in and then take on learning new things to be smart in different realms. And it's, it's so exciting. Like your, your thirst for knowledge, even outside of like a, like a schooling environment. It, it, and just one of the things I, I um, really liked was, is with RM's album came out, it wasn't like, Oh, interesting huh like it was like i'm gonna sit and i'm gonna listen and i'm gonna absorb and you do that with like everything you just absorb and and it's made you like a really smart person and you've always been smart but you continue getting smarter thank you <laughs> and so i really am glad that you're able to recognize that that just makes me happy <laughs> that and that's your favorite thing about yourself i really like thank that. you this is why I feel like I'm not saying that everything you said was right, but I'm saying <laughs> that you and my mom, I feel like are the two people that I would say like actually see me and know me, you know? Mm. And in the same way, like honor me for who I am. Like I was trying to explain this to my therapist. Sometimes I feel like when people give me advice, it's about really, it's really about them. Mm. It's really not about me. But like my mom and you both look at me and who I am and my situation, what's important to me. And the advice you give me is all based on like seeing me and what I want and wanting the best for me. Mm. And I don't get that a lot. I get people's projections onto me mm -hmm. a lot because they feel like they know me, but they know themselves. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a, here's what I would do without saying, here's what I would do yeah. kind of thing. It's a, you should, and a, here's what I would do. Yes. I get that. And I've seen that happen to you. Yeah. <laughs> Quite a bit. Actually. Quite a bit. I don't know what it is. I don't know why it is. 
Um, but I've never felt like you do that to me. That's good. I I feel like I maybe sometimes have a hard time seeing outside of myself when I'm interacting with anybody. And that includes you because we have probably the most interactions because we live together. Yeah. But I'm, I'm glad that it doesn't always come across like that. <laughs> it doesn't. You're doing a great job of lying and hiding. Have you noticed my tell? No, uh, I haven't. Damn. Maybe we don't have them. Maybe we're just so good. We're so good at lying. So good at lying. <laughs> so good at lying. Um, thank you for indulging me and asking me questions about myself. Oh, thank you for for prompting me to do that. I am very bad at that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm bad at unpromptedly talking about myself. <laughs> So we often find ourselves in a pickle. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Damn. But I appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Also, thank you. Anyway, we got to go. Yeah, we do. This has been great. It has. Let's continue this soon. Uh, Yes. Okay. Thanks for coming to the living room. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. We're not dating at all. Thanks for listening to Everybody Ships Us. This podcast is executive produced by Schmangy Incorporated and is hosted, produced, and edited by Shelley Norfleet and Bonnie Dolan, with help from our production assistant, Brianna Chapelier. Our theme song was written by Bonnie Dolan and arranged by Andrew Carter, who also does our mixing and mastering. Our cover art was shot by Cynthia Price and designed by Shelley Norfleet. To get into contact with us, find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Everybody Ships Us, and on Twitter at Ships Us Pod. Or you can email us at everybodyshipsus at gmail.com. If you like this podcast, make sure to follow or subscribe on your preferred podcast listening app.